This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. It's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. Welcome to episode number 32 of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus. We are back once again. Man, we are going to talk about some NBA playoffs. I know you guys watched that Houston Rockets and Golden State Warriors game four. Some absolutely crazy things happened in that game. Some absolutely ridiculous statistics was going on. And I'm sure you guys also watched the Boston Celtics game four versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Paul Pierce, I thought that series was over, bro. After game one, is how crazy you look now? That's why we don't make absolute predictions after the first game, man. You don't know what's going to happen. But anyway, guys, before we get into all that, if you're here for the first time, thank you for tuning in in iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, from wherever you came from. We appreciate the time you take to listen to my podcast because there are millions of them out there, but you chose mine. So I really appreciate that. So at the end of this podcast, you can just hit that subscribe button. And that would be greatly appreciated. We try to spread the word and spread the statistics. Guys, I am hyped to get into this, man. There's so many things I want to talk about. So many key important things that we need to focus on in order to continue watching these games. So we can understand what these outcomes might be. Houston Rockets, Golden State Warriors tied at two. Milwaukee Bucks take a 3-1 lead, a 3-1 lead rather, over the Boston Celtics. And we're also going to talk to Toronto Raptors and the Philadelphia 76ers and moving forward what it's going to look like. So with no further ado, man, let's just get right into it with what are you talking about, bro? Huh? What are you talking about, man? Woo! What? So, let me begin with the NBA playoff series that I, you must admit that most of us are, you know, that we will stay up late to watch, which would be the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors. Because in my personal opinion, I believe whoever wins this series is going to win the NBA championship. But there's one particular statistic I want to share with you guys, just in case you were under a rock and you haven't watched the NBA playoffs, you might think the Warriors are going to run over everybody. Yeah, because I was, I was one of those people too. I thought the Golden State would just run through the playoff one more time, go to the championship. As of Game 4, as of this recording, May 6th, 2019, the Warriors have 448 points. The Rockets, 447 points. They're equally matched, and this series is tied 2-2. But also, let's talk about the two superstars. Kevin Durant, James Harden. They're also equally matched. I believe so far Kevin Durant has been the best player in the NBA overall. But also the best player in the playoffs. And I'll explain why. Because I know most of you might also think, well, if you look at Kawhi Leonard's numbers, he's averaging about 33 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and he's shooting 62% on, on a true shooting percentage. But in my estimation... Kawhi Leonard is playing against lesser competition, which is the Philadelphia 76ers. Sure, they might have Joel Embiid, they have Ben Simmons, and those other guys. But Kevin Durant is facing tougher competition. He's going up, going up against 
arguably one of the top five defenders in P.J. Tucker. Then on offense, on defense rather, he has to guard James Harden from time to time when Klay Thompson's not in the game and in critical moments in the game. If you've watched game four, you understand exactly what I mean. Kevin Durant is accountable for 31% of the Golden State Warriors offense. Just think about that. 31% of the Golden State Warriors offense. His usage rate is almost one and a half less than James Harden. Granted, you can say because he plays with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, which takes down the offensive load. But that's not the key point there. The main reason why Kevin Durant can do what he does is because he's very efficient. His efficiency going against P.J. Tucker, who's one of the toughest defenders, like I mentioned, is what makes him so great. Is now you can see his full offensive arsenal. The Golden State Warriors were down at to 17 at one point versus the Houston Rockets this game four. They were also down close to 15 points in game three, and that game went into overtime. Must I remind you guys, James Harden had 41 points in game three. Chris Paul had almost a near triple-double. Steph Curry missed about 12 three-pointers. He shot one of his worst shooting games you've seen in the playoffs. Klay Thompson was nowhere to be found. Houston had 17 offensive rebounds, and they had to go to overtime to beat the Golden State Warriors. We fast forward to game four. I thought there's no way this was going to happen again. Houston was not going to get 17 offensive rebounds. Eric Gordon was not going to get 30 points again. But I was wrong. And I can admit when I'm wrong. Eric Gordon was close to 30 points. He ended the game with 24 points. James Harden had 38 points. He was very efficient. Chris Paul was efficient. P.J. Tucker was all over the place getting offensive rebounds. But once again, for another game, if you just look at the box score, where was Clay Thompson? Steph Curry finally showed up this game, but he wasn't the Steph Curry that we all know. Does the finger play a hand in this? If you didn't know, Steph Curry hurt his finger in game one, in game two, sorry. And he hasn't been the same since. His shooting hasn't been the same. But I'm not going to blame that on his shooting finger. The Rockets are playing exceptional defense. The Rockets have to win in three critical elements in order to even have a chance to beat Houston. Look how great Houston is playing right now. And they're only winning games. The two games they won were by five. And in game four, they won by six. That is what's going on right now in Houston. Golden State has to play absolutely bad. Or don't have to play up to their potential. And Houston has to play absolutely great on all three levels of basketball in order to beat the Golden State Warriors. That's what it's going to take. But this is what, for me, the key element is going to be in this series. What are the Warriors going to do against Steph Curry and the Houston Rockets playing this? Whoever has the ball with Steph Curry offense. Because in game four, that's all they've been doing. Whoever got the ball against Steph Curry, whoever Steph Curry was defending, and they had the ball, they'll attack him. They will constantly attack him. Steph Curry has been in foul trouble for all playoff games, minus two of them, this entire playoffs. So it would be smart enough for any team to attack them. Kevin Durant cannot be stopped. 
Houston has to have the mentality. Just let Kevin Durant get his, but the other guys are not going to get anything. Draymond Green has been playing exceptional. Andre Godala has been playing exceptional. But Houston is also great. People forget that. You have one slip up for one game. Bam. 2-2 two, two series. That is what is happening right now. But there's 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 another there's another thing for me. Another thing for me aside from the the Steph Curry all our offense. Why do Golden State play nonchalant basketball? Why can they not play a 48 game basketball? Golden State didn't even play a proper 12 minutes and they went from 17 points down to four points down. And it frustrates me. If I was a Golden State fan, I would be really frustrated. Let me put out this statistic for you. Golden State have outscored opponents in the third quarter by 376 points. Playoffs and regular season. That's how they usually blow people out. They hang around, they hang around. If they already have to leave before halftime, they'll just blow the game open in the third quarter. But in the playoffs, you can't do that. They got away with that last year because Chris Paul got hurt. Most people believe if Chris Paul played, the series would have been over. But I don't believe that. Because there was a lot of things going on in that series that I would say Golden State was still probably won. But we don't, we don't want to focus to the past. We want to focus about now. It's very frustrating, frustrating rather to watch Golden State play this way. Knowing up to the potential they can play. Yes, Houston has it out for them. They want to play. But look, like I mentioned before, Houston has to play great. They have to rebound the ball. They have to shoot the three-pointer very well. And they have to get to the free-throw line. Speaking of three-point shots and making your buckets, James Harden missed almost all his shots the last eight minutes. Golden State defended him well. But even though we like to talk about numbers, even though we like to focus on on trying to, you know, skim down the numbers to see how we can get a, a potential win. Teams need to remember, volume always beats talent. If you constantly attack the basket, if you constantly go for the offensive glass, the other team will tire out. The ref will have to blow the whistle. You'll always put yourself in an advantage. Third quarter, Golden State was in the bonus since the seven-minute mark. And they took 17 jump shots rather than going to the basket. All those little things is what matters. And that's why this series is tied at two. And I'm absolutely here for all of it. I absolutely believe that the Warriors are still going to win this series. I think they're going to play a lot better. Especially Klay Thompson when they go back at home for game five at Oracle on Wednesday night. And I think this is... Something that's very critical for this Golden State dynasty. They have not been tested to this magnitude up to now. Last year to me didn't count because Chris Paul was hurt. Up to now, nobody's hurt. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's playing their optimal basketball. Even after telling you this whole long story, guys, you still have to look at it superficially and look at it simplistically. Now both teams have to win. Two games out of three, Golden State still has the advantage because they have two games at home. But, just like I have watched basketball over so many years, sometimes home court advantage just don't matter when one team wants it more than the other. And it looks to me like right now, Houston wants it more than Golden State. But let's see what's going to transpire in Game 5, Game 6, 
and possibly a game seven and i'm all here for it milwaukee bucks boston celtics according to one paul pierce as we know we give him his props boston celtics legend uh he said the Boston Celtics was going to just dismantle the Milwaukee Bucks in the series. And after game one, after they won 112 to 90 in Milwaukee, that the series was over. Um, Newsflash, Paul Pierce. Series are not played after one game. Series are not over after one game. This is not street basketball. This is why it's called the playoffs. Everybody was making noise. Everybody was pounding their chest. They were going to shut down Giannis for the entire season because Boston has Al Horford. They have speed on the perimeter. They will be able to switch. And because Giannis doesn't have a jump shot, they'll be able to crowd the lane. And they will just hope that Chris Middleton, that Eric Bledsoe, that all those guys will just beat them on the perimeter. But guess what? After game one, after game one, just like everybody else, you guys were wrong. Giannis, game one, 22 points. Eight rebounds. He shot 33%. Like I said, everybody was making noise, acting as if the series was over. Game two in Milwaukee. Giannis, 29 points, nine rebounds, 47% field goal percentage. Game three in Boston, the game that the Boston Celtics were supposed to win because they were at home, they had the momentum, they stole home court. Giannis, 32 points, 13 rebounds. 62% 62% field goal percentage. Game 4. As of this recording, the Milwaukee Bucks took a 3-1 lead. Won three games in a row, obviously. Giannis, game 4. 39 points. 16 rebounds. 22 points in the paint. 68% from the field. So, remind me again how the best team in basketball from the beginning of the season all the way till now in the NBA playoffs we're going to lose to the Boston Celtics team that was mediocre from the beginning of the season. This same Boston Celtics team that everybody had high expectations for. The same Boston Celtics team that had arguably the best player in the 2016 NBA playoffs in Kyrie Irving. I thought they were going to run over the Bucks. Isn't that what you guys said? Or some of you rather? I'm not going to put all of you in a bubble, of course. Not all of you Celtics fans. But what were these Celtics fans saying to me? You were going to shut down Giannis? How about you guys shut down those Twitter accounts and those Instagram accounts and pack your bags just like Kyrie Irving because he's not coming back to Boston wherever he goes, but he ain't coming back to Boston. And Giannis is going to send y'all packing in Game 5. Now that I got that rant off my chest, we need to focus on the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks have figured out Something that many teams have not figured out against the Boston Celtics. What you need to do is simply play great switching defense. That's what Milwaukee's been good at this entire series. The only difference was that game one, Boston was making all all their shots. And Milwaukee was just very nonchalant on defense. Look what happens when they ramped it up. Let me remind you guys, during the regular season, the Bucks were the best offensive team. And the best defensive team. By true statistics. That too the Buck was. The Bucks were rather. If you watch enough NBA playoffs. You will know that things change during the series. Adaptions are made. 
people adjust. You don't shoot that well all the time. You're going to adapt to how they play you. So this is a ridiculous notion that Giannis needs a jump shot. This man was averaging damn near 30 points for the season without a jump shot. So just imagine, he's 24 years old. He's going to develop a jump shot. Nobody can stop him. He's the Greek freak. Why do you think he got that nickname? They can't stop him. Boston is figuring it out the hard way. When your jump shots are not falling, you got to play defense. And Boston is not playing any defense. And Milwaukee is playing with all heart and hustle. They didn't win 60-plus games just because they got talent. You look on paper, a lot of people were picking Boston to win this series just for the simple fact that they have better talent. They were better one-on-one. They had Kyrie Irving. Most of them can shoot. They can defend pretty well. They had the quote-unquote Giannis Stopper and Al Horford. No, it don't work that way. In the NBA, unlike many sports, one superstar can dominate an entire series and he can send you home. Ask the Golden State Warriors. That's what LeBron did to him. Look at the Houston Rockets. That's what Kevin Durant did to him last year. Portland Trailblazers. Kevin Durant sent them home. Cavaliers in the NBA Finals. Kevin Durant sent them home. A superstar can dominate. When they are on their game, nobody has an answer for them. Giannis right now is averaging 28 points, 12 rebounds, and shooting 58% from the field. Boston, you have no hope. It's over. It's a wrap. It's done. And I'll segue into this, staying on the Boston topic. Boston is going to need to make a tough decision this offseason. Kyrie Irving is going to become a free agent. Do they want to chase after him or do they want to let him go? And when I mean let him go, we know, like I say, he's a free agent. But let him go mean, are we, are we going to make an effort, a conscious effort to say, hey, let's really build a team around this guy? Or are we going to just let him be? That is what Boston management has to choose to do. In my opinion, Kyrie Irving, as your number one guy, you'll never win a championship. He, he he was the second best player on the Cavaliers championship team and that worked out well. Because being a second fiddle, it's not always a bad thing. Kobe Bryant was second fiddle for like two years when the Lakers were winning their championships. Not because Kobe Bryant couldn't be the number one man, but it's just sometimes this is how the system works. And Kyrie has proven over these years he's not a number one guy. After game three, he claimed, oh, I'll never shoot eight for 22 again. He was technically right. He went 7 for 22. Still bad. And then to make things worse, like he didn't care, he said, well, those 22 shots, they meant nothing because I feel like I should have taken 30 shots. That's how great of a shooter I am. Hey, bro, not even Kevin Durant take that many shots on a regular basis. And Kevin Durant's a way better shooter than you. That's not how it works. That's not the type of leader you want on your team. If I'm Boston, I just let Kyrie walk. I don't need that type of drama on my team. Boston needs to need to do some retooling. Because if they ever want to win another championship again, Kyrie Irving is not it. And right now, the way I see it, the series is over. Here's by the numbers. 
This is your stats of the day. This week's stat of the day is brought to you from none other than the NBA playoff. We want to stay on that theme. A lot of you have asked me where do I usually get my statistics from. Well, a few years ago, I came across this uh, website called BasketballReference.com, and uh, they are very accurate. And a lot of their statistics, well, not a lot of their statistics, all of their statistics are current and accurate. And they also have uh, these sub web pages where you want where you want, and you can look for football uh, statistics. You can look for tennis statistics, soccer statistics, any type of sports statistics you want to look for. You can find it there. The number today is 704.704. That is a true shooting percentage. And in these NBA playoffs, we've seen multiple guys going off: Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, James Harden, etc., etc. Giannis. Man, Kawhi Leonard, if he keeps on the pace in the series against the Philadelphia 76ers, which this series happens to be tied 2-2 right now, Kawhi Leonard will be averaging 32.3 points a game and shooting a 70% true shooting percentage. That has never happened in NBA history, and Kawhi Leonard will be the first to do that. Do you want to know how great he's playing right now? Kevin Durant is averaging 35.6 points per game, the series in Houston, like we talked about, is tied at two. And Kevin Durant is shooting. <laughs> He's shooting .666. Uh, yeah, yeah, you heard that right. .666 true shooting percentage. But that's to tell you how great Ka- Kawhi Leonard is playing with way lesser talent with the Toronto Raptors. And that's what he's doing in the playoff right now. So this crazy talk that he was a system guy, that's absolutely mute. We all thought, oh, when he leaves San Antonio, let's see how he plays. Well, now you're seeing how how great he is. He is not arguably to me. He is the second best player in basketball behind Kevin Durant. That's it. That's how it is right now. Kawhi Leonard. This is the part of the show where if you've been a long-time listener, but if you're a first-time listener, I'll explain it to you. This is the part of the show where we try to bring a certain topic into context so people can understand the full story because sometimes some things are misconstrued and you only get one side of the equation. But here I want to explain something to you guys and something I wanted to talk about for a long, long time. For the longest I've been watching basketball and sometimes we lose focus on how some of these players approach certain games during the playoffs based on their future. And some of you might ask, Steve, what are you talking about? Well, there's some particular series right now that are tied at two. Mainly the Denver Nuggets and the Golden State Warriors out west. I'm, I'm sorry, the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors are tied at two. Then you have the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers who are also tied at two. Then we also have the Toronto Raptors and Philadelphia 76ers. Now, the particular players on these teams are going to become unrestricted free agents this upcoming summer. Mainly, Kyrie Irving plays for the Boston Celtics. Kawhi Leonard, who plays for the Toronto Raptors, and Kevin Durant. As I mentioned, to me, Kevin Durant, the last three seasons, has been arguably the best basketball player in the world. And especially the last two, he's been definitely the best basketball player in the world. And now you have Kawhi Leonard, who I just mentioned, who happens to going to be a free agent this summer, most likely are going to leave. And how are they going to approach these games? Some of you might think that theory is crazy. But we're human beings, and when we have something set in mind, sometimes we tend to want to 
overthink certain situations. We want to look forward and think about what our future is going to look like if we make X, Y, and Z decisions. Kyrie Irving's answer to me after game four was quite telling. He didn't care if he was seven for 22. All he cared about was, look, I'm a great shooter. I should have taken 30 shots. And his attitude was like, yo, I could care less if we win or lose. That's what his attitude was to me. That's what I read from his body language in the press conference. And that's a player to me that already made up his mind that he was going to leave. What my theory is, if Kyrie Irving was really trying to be focused on what's going on in the NBA playoffs and not think about free agency. Again, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't read his mind. But I can see his body language. I can see the way he plays. I can see how he interacts from the media the entire season. It's just like he was on loan with the Boston Celtics. He said all the right things. Oh, I want to be here. Don't ask me about this stuff. But yet, he doesn't act that way. And that played a big implication in how this series went. Sure, you can uh, you can say that, okay, Kyrie had a bad shooting night. He had two bad shooting nights. But I think he could have put a little bit more effort into what he's doing. Look at Kawhi Leonard right now. Kawhi Leonard looks like a player. Just like I talked about in Stat of the Day. He can be the only player in NBA history to average 30-plus points and have a, a 70% true shooting percentage. That looks like a player who is focused on... The goal he's trying to achieve right now for the team that he's playing for. Nobody knows what Kawhi wants to do. Kawhi is just like Tim Duncan. You can see he's a product of the San Antonio Spurs. Everybody on that franchise is just stale. They don't give you emotions. They're almost like robots. Except for Greg Popovich. Of course. He's the puppet master. He trains everybody to be a certain way. My point is, nobody knows what Kawhi Leonard is going to do this summer. Kawhi Leonard never talks about his free agency. He just focused on his job he's trying to do now. Kevin Durant. Like I said, he is the best basketball player right now on the planet. The reason why Golden State is almost unbeatable is because of Kevin Durant. Nobody else. There's the argument that Kevin Durant might be the most important player for the Warriors. And some say it might be Steph Curry. I lean to the side that Steph Curry is the most important player for the team. But the best player on the team? Kevin Durant. Game four against the Houston Rockets. Kevin Durant almost dropped another 40 bomb. But they still lost. Durant's going to get his. But if Durant leaves Golden State, that will completely shift the entire landscape for the NBA. Then all these teams in the Western Conference that think they didn't have a chance, they absolutely think they will win the championship. Including the Los Angeles Lakers. Even if they don't get anybody this offseason. They think they're going to win the championship. But Kevin Durant right now looks like he's absolutely focused on trying to win this third championship for the Golden State Warriors. Yes, we have our gripes with him. He he doesn't want... he Every time we ask him about free agency, he wants to talk about how, oh, why are you guys asking me these questions? Why can't you ask me about something else? Well, Kevin, because you're the one that keeps talking about it. But to stay on the course, to stay on my point, the reason why I bring this up you tell by players' focus. You can see how the way they play the game in NBA playoffs, pending free agency, how it affects their playoff performances, how it affects their team. If you don't agree with my theory or if you 
agree with my theory or you have another basis as to how these players play in regards to their future, you can talk to me. You can leave those in the comment section on Instagram or Facebook and on my personal Twitter feed. But that is what I believe is happening right now in these particular playoffs. These playoffs right now that LeBron James is not in, we see that the viewership has dropped by 6%. Hey, to me, those are just LeBron fans who don't want to watch. Real basketball players who still watch these playoffs. And they can attest to how great it is. We haven't seen so many 2-2 series in a long time. What Golden State is right now is what we thought they should have been four or five years ago. Where it looked now that people can compete against them. Golden State looks beatable at home. They look beatable on the road. Steph Curry's not going to always have those ridiculous shooting nights. But they do have the one trump card, which is still Kevin Durant. So they're still the favorite. But to wrap this whole thing up, guys. Focus is something that as human beings we have when we try to reach a goal. And this NBA playoffs is something I've I've noticed. These series are more evenly matched. These players are more evenly matched more than ever. And you can tell that the players who are pending free agency, if they're not focused, you see how they play. And I give you the example of Kyrie Irving. You see how Kevin Durant, even though he thinks about free agency and talks about it, he's still a focused player. Kawhi Leonard is still trying to focus to get the Raptors to the first ever championship. And that to me is something quite interesting. Because if you take, if you agree with what I'm saying, you will look at these games differently. Look at game five, how Kevin's going to play. Look at game five, how Kawhi's going to play. And look at game five in Milwaukee. Let's see how much Kyrie Irving really cares about staying or leaving in Boston. You'll see how he plays. And I'll just leave you this one nugget. You remember when LeBron James, back in 2009 or 2010, when he lost to the Boston Celtics at home in that game six? You see how he walked off the court? He looked like a defeated guy. He already knew. He made up his mind. He's like, look, man, I'm going to drop this 27, 8, and 9. I'm going to just break out, man. That's what his attitude. We look at the box score and think, hey, he had a great game. But just look at his attitude. And that's what I want you guys to focus on. These upcoming games in the playoffs, look at these players' attitude, especially those free agents. Ah, we have come to the end of another episode. This was episode number 32 of the Statman Sports Podcast. But before I let you guys go, I just want to give you a quick reminder once again. You can follow our pages on Facebook, Statman Sports Podcast. On Instagram, it's the same handle. And if you want to follow me personally and tweet at me during games or during the day, whenever you want, you can do that at Duffus Boy. And if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, this is your chance to do it. Do it, and I will absolutely appreciate it. I will always interact with you guys. Thank you so much for all your support, for all your help over all these past episodes, guys. And I will see you on the next one. Statman, signing out, baby. Thanks for listening to the Statman Sports Podcast. See you next time.